something that can provide you a good feeling that takes minimal effort in a short burst is going to have long-term detrimental consequences and something that takes a long-term struggle to get the positive effect from is going to be long-lasting, you know, overriding positive benefits. And it's so true. And that's, you know, something from however many years ago, but it, it absolutely applies today. And they were saying that, you know, about you know, whatever wine and, and other advices they had then, where now we've got a million different things to give you that quick dopamine rush that kind of blind us from the, the one that's earned that really lingers and makes a more long-term difference. Hello, friends. It's Amy Calandrino, and I'm coming to you with another episode of the Performance Mindset Podcast. After over a decade of advising entrepreneurs and investors, I wanted to bring to you some of the most impactful and influential leaders I've met along the way. If you're looking to grow, you're tuning in to the right show. I have today with me Chris Hughes, who I consider a personal friend. Absolutely. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, I met Chris through track shack fun runs and then me being a fanatic and then through leadership winter park and then we both are part of like family you know small businesses so chris is actually the director of retail operations his responsibility includes management of personnel and day-to-day retail procedures devising and implementing lead generation and customer retention initiatives and coordinating with TrackShack's marketing teams and vendors to create promotional campaigns. You're an Orlando native and a Winter Park resident and serves on both the Mills 50 and Park Avenue Board of Directors. I'm actually on the Park Avenue Main Street Board with him. One of the many ways our lives have interweaved over the last decade. <laughs> yes, it has. All, it's, all good it, every time. <laughs> It, it is. So I have a friend of mine, I can't remember which one of my friends said this, but like you almost think of Orlando as small Lando. It yes. seems so expansive, but there's like so much overlap. Yeah. I think in particular, if you're from here, I know you have questions to get to. So this, this might be way too much of a tangent, but it was the most like Orlando, just because you brought that up. This just happened to me last yeah. week. I was in the store helping a lady out. Her husband recognized me because it helped him. So I know their son and I know him <laughs> through a friend of mine that ran cross country at Winter Park. I ran at Edgewater, but our teams would like train together in the summer. So yeah, this guy from Winter Park still one of my best friends to this day. This guy, Brian, yeah. who is his friend, went to Winter Springs High School, but they were fraternity brothers at UF. So when we were all in college, I got to know this guy, Brian, through Kyle. You know, we're at his bachelor party together, all this stuff. And so... You know, the dad introduced me to the mama. This is one of uh, one of Brian's friends. <laughs> Brian's wife just coincidentally was a year ahead of me at Edgewater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm talking to the mama. This is like, yeah, I technically know him through this guy at Winter Park. But then, you know, Mimi and I went to Edgewater together. And she's like, oh, but you weren't the one that introduced them, were you? And I was like, no, I, I actually hadn't seen her like since high school. So I, I, you know, realized they were together. And she's like, yeah, uh, but do you know Cody? Cody's who introduced them. So then they bring in this other party, this kid Cody, <laughs> who introduced them, who went to Winter Springs High School with Brian, ended up introducing him to his wife because his wife worked with her. But I was like, no, actually, I do know Cody because we were <laughs> biology lab partners at Florida State together our freshman year. So it's just like these different high schools, colleges, all these different layers. But like that Orlando connection, like 
she just dropped like six different names from different backgrounds. I was like, no, but yeah, I actually know them all from entirely different ways. But the city just, yeah, it brings, it's, a, it's a small town disguising itself as, as a growing uh, metropolis, as my dad and I like to say. <laughs> It's interesting too, is like for me, I, I see your your company that you guys have built like being like a hub and like almost like a third place for people to like. And I remember hearing your parents kind of talk about bringing in the events, the event piece for the business and like bringing people like into the store. And I mean, I know when I went into the store just, you know, just the other day to pick up my race packet, there was like no less than like three people like I knew like at the store. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's better than Publix. It's like, you're, you're really going to run into some people there. Especially you're in the community, right? Running its own little sub community for as small as Orlando is, but that's, yeah, I guess one of the things we love the most is, is being that hub and, and that sort of, you know, focal point of the community where people do come together. It's really special. Oh, well, yeah. One thing is I said is track Shack's a family business. So I'm curious, yeah. my husband and I are both, small business owners. We have our two energetic toddlers that I know you've gotten to see me pushing at races. What was it like, like growing up in that environment, watching your parents juggle that and what kind of lessons did that teach you and how did that like impact you? Sure. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of that for my sister and I getting pushed around in in strollers. The technology wasn't as good uh, back then either. (laughs) It was probably more of a bumpy ride. around, right? Especially on those brick winter park streets. They knew my parents were producing the events, so they weren't necessarily pushing us in the participants, but we were out there, you know, in the stroller until we were old enough not to be. And to us, that was normal. We didn't know another childhood. And there was children of the people that would run the races every weekend that were there too, that became, you know, our friends because we're all stuck there together. And some of them are friends of this day. It, you, you realize eventually it's not totally normal every Saturday morning when your other friends are, you know, at home watching cartoons. And, and I've said this on, I think, in another podcast that... When my sister was old enough, she's three years older than me, when she was like, they trusted her to watch me and we could stay at home while they're at the race and just watch cartoons. I was like the best thing ever. Um, but obviously, we, you know, we watched our parents grind out there. We learned from the work ethic. But I think the most important thing that I learned was was the prioritization of it all, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what you need to put first and, and how to still make time for your family in spite of being busy. And, and sometimes it meant, because my elementary school happened to be not far from the store at all, it meant me walking over to the store and hanging out for a bit until my mom was done after school, but we were still yeah. together and I was watching her work and I was learning from that. And then when I found the sport myself as a competitor, everything really changed. Like when I went cross country and track ended up being the sports that I excelled in as a high school athlete and really found that love for those sports, you know, it made me appreciate that much more of what my parents done with the business with it being in the running industry. And then my dad somehow even found time to help assistant coach my cross country team. They never missed a race that I was in. Wow. Yeah. And that always stood out. You know, my dad might've been driving me to a meet and and he's on a conference call, you know, about the Disney marathon or something the whole way there. It's like, at least he's there. He's going to the meet. Um, And that was really special. And that stood out. And that's something that, you know, I don't have kids yet, but I always want to make sure that like, it's easy to be busy and, and kids don't understand that when you're busy, it's because you are, trying to do what has to be done to give them the best life, but you have to mm-hmm. be able to carve out the time for them. And they always did that for us. And so that's, you know, obviously something I want to carry forward. In your store, is it still closed on Sundays? We're still closed on Sundays. Yeah. Did you important. try Sundays briefly? Oh yeah. Yeah, we did. You know, you know, yeah, we did some sales, but it wasn't, 
to us, it wasn't worth the trade-off of that, that family yeah. day. And that's not just the family day for us, you know, our, our team, our staff is our extended family and a lot of them have families. And so like, you know, my dad being able to say, help coach me is, is cause you know, when you're the business owner, you can have a little more schedule flexibility that maybe yeah. some of our staff doesn't, but if we can have that one guaranteed day of rest, day with your friends, day with your family, however you need to unwind to be your best self on Monday, that's really important to us. Yeah. Do you do you notice a boost on Monday in your business because you're closed that Sunday or not no, not as much? Mondays are Mondays. Let's be honest. And, and I think Mondays are Mondays. Okay, I'm just asking. Yeah. I think we're. It's right. not like Chick Fil A where you like you yeah. only want Chick Fil A on Sunday and then you have to have right. it that Monday. Right. right. <laughs> well, did you do no. a boost in foot traffic or like employee morale? Um, no, just like uh, a boost, like in, in uh, like foot traffic, or do you mo- notice that more so towards the weekend or your well, busier that, days? No, that actually is a pretty. That's a that's. A, like I was gonna say, do we notice a boost in like you know employee energy from being off Sunday? Which yeah, people probably. Don't appreciate it, but we also have really early meetings on on Monday, and I think our staff likes to be here. But you know, Mondays are always tough, and they're always full of meetings for us. But but no, that actually is when we break down the week for like staffing. It's like Friday and Saturday are always the busiest. It's not a lot of people get off early Friday or half days, whatever. And it's just mm-hmm. part of the weekend for some folks. But because we are closed Sunday, I think that does play a factor in that Monday is usually our third busiest day if we're not having, you know, a Wednesday, Thursday packet pickup or something like that. And so, yeah, don't know if that's directly correlated to being closed Sunday, but we definitely see some busy Mondays. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I thought I'd bring that up. And then didn't you start to deploy like a, like a online shopping platform? We, so like we, I see some people yes. coming to pick up stuff now. Yes, we, we do still have that. So then that's super easy to find. You can just go um, shop.trackcheck.com or if you're on trackcheck.com uh, shop online is in the upper left-hand corner. I had to click the link and go there. That was, it's crazy. That didn't happen until COVID until we physically couldn't open the doors. It's something that we discussed, but you know, we're an old school business. Well, that's what I was going to bring up for those of you that are listening to this and aren't, aren't in Orlando or not familiar with track shack. They've been around since like 1977. And so they had a certain business model, but then you guys were able to kind of pivot from that during, you know, COVID and add this as another way for people to shop. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's, it's absolutely something that's worth having something we never won't have when we were closed, it, it was truly overwhelming the support. Like the day we launched the online store, all the people that have been in our community so long that wanted to continue purchasing from us were so before we launched it, we didn't want to stop taking orders. So we were taking calls all day, one to two people working at the store with it locked up, you know, on like opposite sides of the store. Cause we were also freaked out and spacing and social distancing. And then I had calls that didn't get picked up pinging on my cell phone. And I had two laptops in my house, which was, one was to process sales and one was to order shoes from brands to be drop shipped to people's homes. And so the online platform just streamlined all of that. So we didn't have to take the calls all day, but people were so supportive. And then one thing that's carried over, even with our doors being open again, is people from out of town that maybe used to live here and, you know, just still wanted to support us. They moved to a new town that either didn't have a running store. They didn't feel the same connection. And we'll still see them like, you know, consistently rebuying their shoes through us on the oh. platform, which yeah, which is really cool. Well, what is interesting is the day that the doors did open again, the online dropped significantly in terms of being, you know, primary revenue source. It's awesome, like you said, to have as a secondary one. Yeah. Our, our business model, and you know it because you, you've been in, but you know, being around for forty six years and, and the way we have been as a 
an independent family owned, you know, little single location store is the service that we provide and in the training of our staff. So the gate analysis, watching everybody walk, you know, learning about your injury history, what are you training for? And, and even if someone just is working 12 hour shifts in the hospital and wants to be comfortable or an 80 year old recovering from foot surgery who will never run again, but needs good shoes. We're here for all of that. So there's, you know, the price is the same online or in the store. People still want the experience. And that's kind of cool in a day where like most shopping seems to be drifting to online that when people could come in, they still wanted that experience. But by all means, buy things on our online store. We love that too. It's interesting is I've now been shopping from you guys more than half my life. So uh, I was referred to you guys like in 2002 through Dr. Tom Winters, who is a local uh, knee doctor yes, yep. and so i remember going and getting some like white and blue like asics like back back then and like i cherished those shoes and i don't think i shopped again as like consistently until probably around like 2010 so yeah. and then much more like actually when i started to run i wasn't in any kind of cost country or anything during high school so one question is, is, so yeah, we were talking all about community relationships, all those kinds of things. How, how do you think your events strengthen that? And you know, what, what do you, what kind of position and outlook do you have like on business and how it kind of works together? Sure. Yeah. I mean, events are huge. You know, you mentioned like at the jump, my parents had originally kind of started producing events to help drive business to the store. And, and that's really blown up. The event management company is its own company now, but you know, we're all obviously under the same umbrella. We all work really closely with one another. Yeah. But the store is where you come pick up your bib, you know, for the event. So everyone who's doing the race is going to come in there and you usually end up doing some shopping. Um, in the same way, the store is that hub, like you talked about. It's maybe worth, you know, at most 20, 30 people are on the store at a time. Well, at the events, you've got 2,000, 4,000, you know, if it's the corporate 5K, 18,000 people from the running community, corporate 5K, they're not necessarily all runners, but everyone there together kind of sharing that positive energy and, you know, for as many people as maybe used to discover events by coming in the store and promoting, we put those on. There's people now that are just looking for 5Ks to run. They show up and do it and then realize that we have a store too and it drives them in that way. So it's very, very complimentary. But the Central Florida community, the running community in general, going back to when, when we were toddlers getting pushed around at, at 5 a.m. at races every morning, my sister and I always embraced, like, always felt love in that community. So that was always a driver for me to want to come back and, and to be involved in it. And then our youth foundation and, and the proceeds from every event that go to helping kids in the community. It was mm-hmm. always like, that was huge for me too. That always stood out that that was such an effort my parents wanted to prioritize and to make. And so, you know, the ability to be a part of that growing up was, was huge for me. So the events are our big drivers for retail and vice versa, but it's just, it really is a special community and the events are where you can kind of feel that energy all come together. Yeah. I love seeing all that, that synergy and what's, what's so interesting and, and, you know, because of like COVID and us moving and all of that, my husband and I actually started a foundation called the Calendrino Foundation because we used to run this program called Aspiring Entrepreneurs through his law firm. And you had said, oh, we'll open up Track Shack. It's coming back in 2024. We're talking about that. Yeah. 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 So we'll be running it through. But I think we were really inspired to, you know, when you have a business, you have to think about like what your your why is. And I'm sure, well, that is interesting. Like what, what would you define your why as like the overall arching of why, you know, Track Shack kind of like exists? I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit of basically paraphrasing of our mission statement, but it's just, it's improving 
people's lives through through sport and an active lifestyle. Yeah. And and like you know, because I, I like I say active lifestyle, like that's a really important caveat when we say sport. Like you don't have to be a runner to come in our store, and I think mm-hmm. that's something we still hear. We hear less of it now, which is good. I, I think that means the reputation is not as much that we're only for for hardcore runners. And thank you, by the way, for what you said about being inspired by the, by the youth foundation. That's that's stuff I something yeah. a ton of pride in. But it, you know, anyone, like I said, that eighty year old lady who had to get a bunion surgery and is, is yep. having trouble walking, but still wants to like go do her morning laps around the neighborhood or just be able to walk comfortably. We're we're here to support you know any mm-hmm. positive uh, change or you know positive plan of action that someone has in their life that revolves around some sort of active lifestyle and just making sure they're as comfortable as possible doing that. And for my parents and then subsequently myself, just the positive impact, the sport of running, I know had on them and and how much it really became a centerpiece of their lives, wanting to carry that on and then share it with the future generations. That's always been sort of the inspiration, especially with the youth foundation, but the the store itself is is just spreading that, that positivity, which is what I think you feel at the races and in the store is all those those good warm and fuzzies that come from the active lifestyle in the community. It's so interesting you're saying that because I I had it hit me on Sunday after I finished my first five mile race since having yeah. my kids. So is like whenever I was like in high school, it's something I'm gonna write in my book, but whenever when I was in high school, I never felt like comfortable doing sports. Like I felt like I wasn't good enough and like I had a few like false like starts where you know, I'd get hurt playing volleyball. Yeah. I'm very like awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very clumsy. My yeah. friends always say, Amy, you're so book smart, but then you're not necessarily, you know, other things uh, yeah. don't, don't quite happen. But no, it's just very clumsy. And then I just decided, oh, I'm not even going to try. And I'm really throw myself like into academics and I'm not even going to like really like bother with all of this stuff. But then I realized that I wasn't living up to my full potential. And like, I, that was in 2010, I decided like, okay, I'm gonna like, try to do like a half marathon. Now, of course, I had some setbacks. So where I didn't actually complete my first half marathon until 2015. But I found in your community, that wherever I've been in my fitness journey, whether like, I'm pregnant, or I'm fresh off hurting myself again, (laughs) or, or whatever it is, like, that's been like my constant. And I think that was a huge part of me like coming back as like a phonetic. And I think I think you're right. I think there are definitely like elite runners, but like everyone within, you know, that are ambassadors for you or out at the races, it's just a really good positive um, atmosphere and it's something too that bringing my children it's like a great thing for them to to show them and then that's why I think too like my found our foundation is going to focus on empowering more entrepreneurship within our community because I really think small businesses are the backbone of our communities and then also like inspiring more investment and in the community and like, so, so exposing third to fifth graders, like to entrepreneurship concepts, they actually can like pick it up. I'm, I'm like shocked. And so getting to go to local area businesses and seeing how they run and, Oh, pun intended running. (laughs) But we've done places like Brownie Septic and different places and learning that businesses can be like everyday businesses or businesses can be like yours. And then what I think is going to be great is in 2024, then showing the kids too how how having an active lifestyle is so important because I think sometimes screens kind of overtake things and 
Yeah. I, and sometimes I see parents like pushing, and they may have to give them like the, the phone to keep them like active. I, I mean, I'm not like there to judge, but I think getting kids like out though, eventually to like running and active and having a, and it's so good. There's so many health benefits to to walking, running. Oh, the other thing I was going to say is what I always thought is cool too is the bike. You have bicyclists too. Yeah, well, like, the, the uh, wheel, wheelchair division, anything adaptive for yeah. Yeah, for wheelchair division. Yeah, ADA so athletes with the with disabilities um, division uh, or excuse me, AWD is is something that's a huge priority for us to make sure that you know our events are inclusive to anyone that that you know is able to and wants to participate and. I know it's true. I mean, there's, you look, and it's funny, people come in the store that, you know, like, oh, my doctor said, don't run, it's bad for my knees or this and that. And there's like, there's absolutely, if you're pounding concrete or asphalt for 30 years, there's a potential damage to your joints and, and things like that. We try to get you in the best gear possible to mitigate that. But when you talk about the positive health benefits, the cardiovascular, you know, the pulmonary, the mental boost that you get, it doesn't have to be running, but any kind of cardio or even high heart rate effort workout at all it is absolutely research. It's absolutely out there. It, it, you know, we're not to go like too out of here, but we're not far away from being a hunter and gatherer species. We are not meant to sit around. And we live in this world where, like you said, screens and on all the junk food and everything that exists out there that I am as guilty as anyone enjoying. <laughs> but it gives us these creature comforts where you can get that temporary well, serotonin and dopamine boost from having that slice of pizza on your couch and watching whatever, but that doesn't last. The The benefits of being active last forever. They're long-term and it's so cool to watch people get into that. And you mentioned like never being a hardcore athlete in high school and then finding, you know, running as a welcoming community later on. And I love that you felt welcomed in our sport for me as a high schooler. And like, I was going to be an, I didn't know what sport it was going to be, but like I had to compete in something. The sports was just my obsession. It's what I knew. And I was yeah. terrible at football terrible basketball i tried every team sport and i had no desire to be good at track because like i said i was sick of going to the the 5ks at 4 a.m every saturday and, and my my high school cross-country coach really wanted me to come out and try out and i gave it a chance and and i succeeded and it was the succeeding on the competitive side that opened me up to like a love for the whole you know inclusive community and, and all of the the walks of life and ability levels that can mm. do this sport and I'm not fast at all anymore. And, and there's weeks where I might run twice in the whole week. Um, and I still dread those morning runs sometimes, but you're always happy once you finish them. That, that was my social media post this weekend was <laughs> like, uh, it's like the difference between like, I think there's now places where you can go like get dopamine yeah. rather than achieving it like naturally. Exactly. But the difference is that it's like, you're making yourself feel better, but then, uh, well, that that's other drugs, but then you don't feel great like afterwards. But I think if you can produce these natural like highs through sport, I think it's so good for you. Like there's points where, so I, I've enjoyed like now weightlifting. Like, yeah. I, I really, really enjoy that. And with that, I, there's a point that when I get about 45 minutes in, like, all of a sudden, like, whoa, like I'm like in this whole another level and I have another boost and I kind of feel like I could go. And that actually happened during the race too. It almost takes like about 45 minutes. I don't know why, nope. like of doing something, but like that actually happened to me this weekend. So I'm not usually going that long if I do a 5k. So maybe that's why I don't notice it. But when I did, sure. uh, cause I'm slower, I, I did um, like 30 minutes, 30 seconds of running and then like two minutes and 30 seconds of walking. Cause I'm still like coming off of injuries. Yeah. And so I was doing more like what worked for me, of but course. yeah, like 
But then it hit me and I was like, whoa, I feel like I could just like keep going. Let's go. <laughs> uh, there's nothing wrong you know, with that for it to take a little while. And that's something I think a lot of people don't realize. I have people be like, oh, I've never had that runner's high. It's always been miserable. And it's like, look, the first mile or two to this day, for me, I've been running, you know, at least as a somewhat regular part of my life since I was 13, 14 years old. And it can be really sluggish and miserable at first, but there is that switch that try- it doesn't always, but you get that little endorphin rush. And, and I, you know, being a super skinny uh, high school cross country runner, weightlifting wasn't really our thing. And that's something I've discovered more later in life that I really enjoy now too, and, and mix that in with my daily exercise, which is good to find new things and, and to mm-hmm. challenge yourself. But it, yeah, it, it, the getting out the door is absolutely the hardest part. But once you oh, start, yeah. the first set of reps is always a little bit of a struggle. By the fifth, sixth, when you're in that groove, it is interesting how it's like, well, I should be more tired. I've been working out more. But now all of a sudden, like, I really feel like I'm in a groove. I, I really feel like I could keep going. And I'm going to butcher this. My, my sister, who philosophy was one of her three college majors, she's very smart and loves Greek philosophy. So she'd, she'd laugh at me for saying this. And I don't even know which... Uh, stoic philosopher it was but i what you said about you know the opportunity for sort of like some artificial it's real dopamine but for these sources to provide us those short-term dopamine boosts that maybe didn't used to exist and so this is a, a bad paraphrase but it was one of the stoic philosophers basically said like something that can provide you a good feeling that takes minimal effort in a short burst is going to have long-term detrimental consequences and something that takes a long-term struggle to get the positive effect from is going to be long lasting, you know, overriding positive benefits. Mm. And it's so true. And that's, you know, something from however many years ago, but it, it absolutely applies today. And they were saying that, you know, about being whatever wine and, and other advices they had then. Mm. Now we've got a million different things to give you that quick dopamine rush that kind of blind us from the, the one that's earned that really lingers and, and makes a more long-term difference. One of my friends, Irv uh, Pena, right here. He's the social media influencer and stuff. It was so interesting. Is like, I go through ups and downs in my business and different things like that. And then I know it was, it was probably, it was very hard for your parents. And they shared that, you know, publicly as they, you know, built their business. And it is really ties into what you're saying is he said the other day, he says, the reason it's hard right now is because you're choosing not to cut corners. You're choosing not to make a cheap product or process you're choosing to build something legit that will withstand the test of time and because of that the payoff will be so much bigger yeah and i was like whoa i was like drop the mic i'm like and so i made this a favorite and i'm like whoa if i like if things get tough i gotta like remind myself of that because you know you guys weren't like an overnight it wasn't like an overnight success and it's been a process no, we've been fortunate to be super yeah. successful, but flashing back to, to childhood, I mean, I was alive for a, a stretch of the time to really watch it growing and see parts of the struggle. And other part of my sister and I's childhood was stuffing race packets in our living room. You know, we were like free child labor in the in the early days. <laughs> we were happy to do and, and we didn't know anything else. But the fact that it isn't easy makes you appreciate it more. And like, I'm so not perfect on this and, and philosophically being, oh, well, things are, are tough right now. And so... It, you know, that's a good thing. And I'm, I'm learning from and growing from it. No, it's so easy to get caught up in the moment. And I do that all the time. And I get frustrated and I get stressed. But what he wrote is so true. And it's, it's something to look at. And, and I've clearly been a little bit of a, a deep dive on some stoicism stuff. Because I'll throw another quote like that in here now. But it's like, the, you know, like the struggle is the way. Like, it's like you, that's, 
the struggle is something that you need to embrace as well, because that's part of it. So instead of just being like, oh, I wish this wasn't hard right now. It's like, oh, this is awesome that this is hard because when I get through it, I'm going to know that I'm that much better. Well, that was the whole precipice for this like podcast as I went through like a really tough time. I mean, when I had the kids, I had, I ended up with really bad, like I never got through the postpartum depression fully from like the first kid before like having another kid. And then we had COVID happening at the same time and I wasn't running at the time. So I guess maybe that probably I, uh, so I had so many things. I was working too much. I didn't adjust as much to like, I wasn't prioritizing my health. I wasn't prioritizing necessarily my family. I felt like almost my kids were being raised by like nannies because like I was trying to build this, this big thing and I didn't quite have the right people and it just wasn't working. And at one point I was just like, I'm throwing the towel in and that would be like so hard because I worked so hard for it, but that's where I was like mentally and somehow my friend, and you know her, Charlene from Seacoast Bank, oh, yeah. like, she's like, I have someone you got to meet. And she took me out for lunch at 60 Vines. And she had me talk to her friend that's built like a bunch of different businesses. And she's like, you have so much of this stuff that's just right. You know, you just have to tweak this. And like, so many of like the best leaders and biggest businesses in like the world do you think like it's all been like an easy experience? And so like, I really had to just like dig deep and believe myself and get back that, that grit that I'd always, I've always had grit. Like, you know, I've worked full time since I was 13, you know, and and going to school full time. I've always had that grit, but I kind of just lost it because of all the different things. And I said, what's better for me to like rebuild my mindset than to have a podcast about mindset. Yeah. And so it's been really great. And and also then this kind of this podcast and this like sports success system, the performance mindsets all become iterative and kind of like part of my overall like culture. And I think it's, it's made me a better commercial real estate agent. It's made me a better mom. It's made me so many of a different thing, but, but no, I don't think you can appreciate it without like the struggle, but then you have to be grateful too. If like some people too knock you over the head and say like, no, get you got to get it back together and like kind of shake you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, absolutely. There, so. There's benefits to both those types of people. And, and it's, yeah, I mean, I think it's always a super common misconception that people who have like, you know made it are living like an easy life. It's like, no, usually they're working that much harder to maintain it or to pass it on to the, the next generation. And, and you can't ever, gratitude's massive. You can't not appreciate the things that, you know, you're able to have in your life that maybe others aren't because of, of that hard work and that success. But, uh, but success rarely means coasting and kicking your feet up. And if that's the mindset, oh, what you think no. the finish line is, then you're, whatever you're doing is, is going to fail. If it's a business or anything in life. No, I, I'm so grateful for the journey. Like at the time, it was not like an easy time to go through, but like I feel like I'm a better person. And I don't feel like, you know, you go through like peaks and valleys. I don't think I could ever get back deck down to that point again, because like I have the right construct in in place and I have more like awareness. But I mean, we were going through crazy, crazy times in the world at that time. And I was probably doing a little too much. And, And now I do my friends knowing now too what I went through. They are more like intentional about saying like, hey, Amy, I think you need to like, pair this back or, yeah. you know, and also I think it's made people more f- comfortable coming to me and saying, you know, I'm going through something similar to what you did. And like, can you help me with that? And so, yeah. And I think that's why I feel comfortable talking to you and you're, you know, they've been, they've shared their journey and you share, you know, I think 
I, I think it's important for people to be authentic and share that. I think that's a huge part about like mindset. Cause if you pretend like it's all perfect, you're just like a phony yeah, and I it's, it's not, it. it's not real. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I knew some of your ups and downs. I think this might be the most I've ever heard all of them in that detail. And, and it's, you know, I, I think it's a testament to your character because I saw you at stages throughout all of it. I don't think you would have let much of it show you know, publicly. And, and that's Mm-mm. impressive with the fact that you were still able to work on it behind the scenes and get it fixed. But I think it's really powerful what you said though, like that the lowest low is, is not that low anymore, right? There's a new plateau. You can only dip that far because you, you created that skills or tool set for yourself, you know, to know how to process the, yeah. the struggle on the journey. That's, that's all any of us are ever doing, right? Like it's always ongoing. And so I'd say, I think, yeah, mindset really is everything. And, and you know, and I think at the time I was viewing myself as a failure, And like, I was afraid that if anyone like knew like how much I was struggling, why would they want to like support me? But people did want to support me. Like if I, like, I think if you tell people that you're, you're dealing with something, then everybody can kind of come together. I remember being in like the store last week and you and Natalie were talking about, you know, someone in the, you know, sports community, you know, passing away. And then like all of you guys are like rallying and then all these people are kind of coming together to like support the family. And so I think that that's that's a big part of my po- podcast too is just like giving people like the courage to be brave and like talk about if you are having challenges. I mean, don't don't whine. <laughs> you know, no no whining or anything like that. Like, you know, like well, I mean maybe just briefly. But because it does sometimes things suck, but I mean just, you know, sharing it factually like, you know, this is what's going through like how can do you, have you been through this before? What can you do? Like, how can we get through this? And I think what's interesting too is like, is there's a one runner journey that's oh gosh, yeah. really, I've seen just. Unbelievable. You're the most insane transformation I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, she's. We used to run together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she went Crazy. from a, a three hour half marathon in her first half marathon to now she's like, you know, I, I think she's like sub. 240 for the full marathon. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, physical transformation too. I it's love her. Worse. And one thing that has not changed is she's been, uh, you know, kind and sweet as ever from the, the first day I met her to where she's mm-hmm. now this like truly elite athlete now. But yeah, that's an, that's an incredible journey, incredible testament. But I, I love- Yeah, and her friend Kevin Bernard is oh, the one that, yeah. he's the one that got me to come to the fun run. He yeah. had met me, I was actually in a different training program and he says, Amy, you got to come to the Track Shack Fun Runs. And so he got me out there and that's when I met Journey. And I've just met so many people. Like it's it's oh, amazing. Kevin so. is a, just a firecracker of positive energy and it's awesome. He is just such a genuinely good dude, but so much excitement just about like the sport and life in general. Like you can't not be amped up, you know, spending time around him. But I, I love what you yeah. said a little bit ago about like being afraid to share your struggles and how people embrace you. I think we've all gone through that, right? Like that's such an important thing to share for people who haven't been there. It, and something mm-hmm. I've very rarely talked about publicly. You know, I have an amazing wife that I love to death. I'm in a really happy relationship, but I was super briefly married in my early 20s to someone it was not going to work out with. And it was not a good relationship, but I, I never expressed that to my parents until it was coming to the end. And I, I very much kept it to myself, but obviously they needed to know when this massive change didn't happen in my life. It was yeah. the same thing. I had a lot of feeling of shame and, and failure because they had invested in the relationship, you know, and, and as far as yep. my close friends knew. I just kept it close to the vest. Like everything was cool. And so you're so embarrassed or not wanting them to be like, oh, how could you mess this up? Like, you know, should you try harder? Could you do this? Yeah. Like all the million things you think they could ask you. 
And when you just really like share openly how you're struggling and that you know you need something different. And I was just like enveloped with love. And that's like, that's so powerful. That's what, yeah. And you're so afraid. You, you, I think sometimes we think of like the worst possible scenario is going to right. happen. Right. But it doesn't. It, it rarely, really does. I, I'll <laughs> try to promise this will be the last uh, little little piece of, of stoic philosophy I, I dropped for this. Podcast. Oh, no, I want this. Yeah, but we it, want but this. Like, <laughs> I, I hope people are like typing these down. Right? Yeah. So I think this was, was Seneca with the quote was that we struggle more in our minds than in reality. So it's like you play out these million scenarios of how bad it could be. But if you just freaking do it, it's never going to be as bad as you think it can be. And, and allowing that anxiety of like how bad you think it could be to build up is so much harder than actually just doing it and realizing that it's actually going to be okay. Wow. Yeah. My mind is a really dangerous place for like me to be. <laughs> and I, before the podcast, I would never tell anybody I had OCD, but oh. I have pretty severe like OCD and it's the kind that you ruminate, which is actually makes me, it, it's a secret power for me though on commercial real estate deals. Cause I could think of every possible way a deal is going to go wrong. Yeah. And then work to create a strategy to mitigate it. But then in my own life, I have to learn, I had to like control it and get it like, cause like I had this insane like perfectionism and, and trying to, you know, really like ruminating. And like, so my mind is a date and that, that, and I think, and they said that now that more clinical stuff is coming out of why probably I had as bad of a reaction, like after my children, like yeah. that, that OCD almost makes you more because of the ab abrupt change to your like routines yeah, and, yeah. and especially me being a business owner, that makes total it sense. just made me so much more susceptible. Yeah. And I think yeah. like they even shared, I don't know, my, my I have a ghostwriter who's helping me write my book, but oh. she's done like a lot of research and I think she's going to have like some medical person like kind of talk about it. But, and so I think it left me much more like vulnerable for that type of thing. But then it became just this whole slippery slope where I got deeper and deeper and deeper down in my mind until like I get, get like knocked out. But no, I don't ever want to go back to that place again. But I think though, being honest and like sharing, like that's, I think sharing about mental health has a lot to do with mindset too. Oh, absolutely. And I appreciate you sharing what you went through. Cause like, I think too, I can't imagine like you're first and foremost in front of people with everything that, and you, then you had to deal with that like transition, like how hard it had had to be. Yeah. For sure, but it, but it, and and it was yeah. it wasn't easy. I'm not gonna sit there and lie to anyone and tell them it's not. But like, yeah, yeah, I think seeing you be so open and vulnerable and hopefully helping people on this, and and I love that we just gone completely off script from the business, which is great because this is about mindset. I love the turn this conversation has taken, and I love when you and yeah. I just have these these organic conversations, but. Like, you know, if someone else is, is going through that and in a relationship they're not, you know, thrilled with, like, I hope that they can hear that and know to, to have the strength to move on. And, and yeah, there were super rocky moments, but I'm so much happier and, and it was absolutely the right decision and it had to happen. But the worst of what I thought and the things you said, like the public perception, because this is a partner I would be out in, in public with and our running community, you know, people uh -huh. see who you're with and, and who you're together with. And, you know, there's going to be rumors when things change and, like I said, people who had literally invested in you know, time, money as wedding gifts, things like that, you feel like you're failing them. But when you, you realize that they just love you and want to see you happy no matter what, it's like the most, it's the biggest, you know, sigh of relief, drop of the shoulders, and also just like appreciation and gratitude. Like, wow, I'm, I'm really lucky to have these types of people in my life.
And so, yeah, if, if someone's going through something like that, it's, it's great if you can let them know that there is a, there's another side and it's good. Yeah. I think pivoting, whether it's in a relationship or business, whatever pivot you need to, to have, I think if, if you need to do it, you just need to do it. I think once I was able to rebuild my mindset too, I was able to kind of realize like what was missing from my life and like how I felt like the structure I had been working towards building like wasn't also fitting like my, my personal goals and my mental health goals and all those other things. And then I then had like the strength to like make like the additional pivot to kind of where we're at now. And not that that might just change again, but I like where, where it's at now. And I just, it's so amazing to see like all the different synergies that's happening now that I, I, I'm back at like the center of it at all, almost like kind of orchest- orchestrating it. Cause I think that is my gift is public pro- problem solving and then yeah. seeing all the different pieces and being able to like put it all together. So well, that's a, an incredible skill. Yeah. So it's fun, but, but you're really into stoic is <laughs> stoicism right now. Uh, is that yeah, the right word? How do you say that? Something that, that fascinates me that I've been reading up on a lot. There's a really cool Instagram account. You can follow the daily stoic. It's this guy, Ryan holiday. Yeah. He's like an academic and got really into it. And he's written a couple of books like based on, you know, kind of modern applications of the, the but it's like, I'm not, like, I'm not going to say it. I tell you that's like my mindset 24 seven. It's not because I'm human. I'm oh, not, no, not no, always no. like control what you can control. You suffer more in your mind. They're good mantras and good reminders and things are tough, but like, you know, I very much struggle with things like anybody else does. And this oh, community yeah. is just, is everything so important. And you're talking about sharing with your friends. When I was going through what I was going through, I remember being at a, a bar and running into a, a friend actually from the running community. He was like 10 years older than me. And he just kind of like asked like, how's everything going at home? Like, how's your wife? And I gave a very like, yeah, things are good type answer. And he just like picked up his vibe and was like, is it, you know, and, and he's divorced and he had two kids when it happened. So he was in way deeper, but he was just like, Hey man, like if you want to talk, you know, more in depth, just, just let me know. And having someone just kind of come from out of nowhere and offer that, but then who had been through what I was about to go through. And and he told me a lot of what I just said, which was like, was so worried about telling his family, but ultimately they're going to care about you and that they cared about him, you know, and embraced him and trusted him that if it was a decision, it was right. And like, that's just what's so cool about community and about having those people in your life. I don't backtrack mm-hmm. a little bit, but I, I just love that we started onto this topic because it really no, is no. Well, and then the sports success system, I think I've kind of told you before, but it's probably been a while. It's like the first is synergy and being around like-minded people that totally. are caring and have your best interests like at heart. And if you don't have that, or you end up with some of the wrong fit people that is going to like affect your mindset. And then the P is persistent and, having, you know, different habits and habit stacking and these different things. And, you know, not that it's not going to make you impenetrable, but it's definitely going to help thwart any kind of, of negative energy kind of coming over by having these different things that you're doing. O is omniscient, like reading and trying to consume different things. R is radical, not being afraid to try new things. And T is tautological and like rinsing and repeating and continuing and being resilient and all those different things. And I was only able, I came up with that literally all this stuff because then when I decided to rebuild my mindset, I just kept researching. And then I realized how much I, I, even though I wasn't like an athlete, I felt like, I've always been really inspired by athletes. And so then I thought it was really weird that nobody else had thought of calling something, coming up with like an acronym that had to do with mindset. No, I think it's really cool. All came to be. 
So my dad has always talked about what he loves the most about running. It's such a parallel for life. It is absolutely what you put in is what you get out of it. You know, there's such an obvious input output ratio that if you do the work, the results will there is. And and that's what the one of the coolest things about sport is those work habits and kind of mindsets that it can teach you to apply Mm -hmm. to whether it be business, family, or any of those other facets of life where you're going to have struggles and tests. Wow. That's so good. What does your typical day look like? Do you have different (laughs) things or is it different every day? It's it's all, all over the place, right? I think maybe the same way that that you being a CD can help uh, in commercial real estate. I don't know if you can see my chair spinning as much as it is for my torso, but my legs are going a million miles an hour under the table. Like, I don't really stop moving. Yeah. I'm a very jittery, <laughs> you're like, so you're ADHD like, HD person, yeah. which is why running was probably a good outlet. But I think that I, I can wear so many different hats in the course because it's family business. Like, my title is director of retail operations, but if they need help at the event company, I'm here. Like you said in the little intro at the beginning, I, I you know, I work often with our marketing team and I'm, I'm there just to say yes and do what needs to be done. So, um, in a weird way, what I really had to learn as an adult is to channel my focus. So if I am just having a long form dialogue like this to not get distracted, or if I do need to just sit down for two hours and crank out answers to emails, that was the biggest thing for me to learn. But the thing I was always able to compartmentalize is that if I'm helping a customer with shoes, but then also while I'm in the back, an employee asks me about a question they have for a store policy someone's asking about, or the phone rings and no one can pick it up. So I'm grabbing the shoes for the one customer talking to the phone at the same time. You can never do multiple things at once as well as one if you truly channel it. But I, you know, am fortunate yeah. that I'm able to have, I, I think, a skill set where I'm able to juggle a lot of things because like I do a lot of things. Like I say, you know, I'm managing the personnel, I'm helping customers if they need it. I'm working on our, our relationships with be it brands, you know, ambassadors, influencers, whoever's out there. So my days can vary tremendously from being at a, a trade show. Well, it's probably good for you. I think you would I be bored great. if you weren't I, busy. I wouldn't, if I had to do the same exact thing every day, I think I'd go crazy. So I love that it's all over the place, but it's it would it'd be very hard to be like my average day is is boom 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 because you just never know. But I, I I do love that about it actually. Do you have any bookends to your day though? Do you like tend to run in the morning or work out in the morning? Yeah, or? mornings. No. Morning is my exercise time for sure. Yeah, and and I ugh, feel bad for my wife because she has to be at work by like six a.m. a lot of days, so she ends up having to run mm-hmm. in the evening. And I would run with her way more, but I'm just like. So much of what we do is interacting with people and, and I'm very much a people person, but that social battery kind of runs out, right? At a certain point, I want to go home. And- oh my God, we're so the same. Yeah, I know. Really like by, I, I can't work out. The latest I can work out is like three, four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, no, if it's later totally. than that, I, I'm just like, oh, right. like rallying myself. Yeah. I, I, and I don't, I, I don't hit that high if I do it around that. Well, I don't know if you... Have I don't get that, that gel. Yeah, yeah. I can say times get there but it's almost a negative in the evening like sometimes i'll go for like i'll go for a little evening run with my wife and especially if i like you know just one of those mornings where i didn't sleep all during the night so i I purposely slept in instead of that you know five or six a.m alarm clock to get up and work out um and i'll like have a good runner i'll feel good but the endorphins tend to kind of like perk me up so then the flip side is then i end up having trouble getting to sleep (laughs) whereas when Mm -hmm. i do it in the morning if it is one of those days where you're lucky and do get kind of that endorphin high that just kind of turbocharges the the coffee and the rest of my morning routine where I'm sort of waking up. So by the time I do get to the store, I'm not just dragging into bed. It's like, all right, I'm already up. I've worked out. I'm ready to do this, you know? Yeah. And then when I get home, it's just that wind down. And, and you know, if Audrey's not 
uh, out for a run that night. You know, if she is running, I'll be the one probably to cook dinner. We'll take turns. We're always good about that. But like yeah. sitting down with her and, and whatever, you know, weird HBO documentary series, we're down the rabbit hole on, we'll watch together. Or if she's, you know, <laughs> and, and in that time, so we do that too. time together. And, and, you know, if we are eating together, we kind of sit at the table, you know, have those conversations about our day, not just turn the TV on, but then watch our fun little, you know, whatever crime shows or documentaries after. And if she's out for a run and I'm sitting there by myself, you know, they're on Thursday night football or whatever other sporting event or, mm-hmm. you know, reruns of a comedy show I like is background noise and just kind of unwind. And, and that's so that those are definitely my bookends is, is the higher activity in the morning and then just kind of trying to decompress in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. I tried the whole working out in the morning, but just the whole getting the kids at the school and then I don't want to wake up like at five, five thirty. Oh, I, so I'm sure I just, when we have kids, yeah, I don't even you're gonna change. But for now that's my first Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For now. But yeah. But no, it, it is interesting. But I think when you're in our in some nights I can rally, but I definitely can't do five nights a week no. like out. Like it's no. it's just too much. It's exhausting. Some people can do that. I yeah. Personally, my batteries like run out because whenever I'm doing something, I don't know what it is, but I am like, I'm usually like, I'm, I'm there, I'm clicking, even if I'm doing multiple things, but I'm like, my energy's pulsing. And so I just go, boop, no, by the end of the night. No, I watch, we watched, uh, we started a new series last night, Bodies. I think it's on Netflix. So it's kind of interesting. I'm all caught up on Billions. I'm all caught up on Loki. I usually, I used to not let myself like watch as many like shows, but yeah. then I realized I need to be more balanced and I, cause otherwise I tend to be a little bit of a workaholic and I'm always thinking of soon, yeah. know, but I think I just need to be content in what I have. So I don't like burn myself out. No, so. I mean, right now, for us, it's usually like one episode of whatever we're watching a night and then just till you get through the season or the series. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a sports fanatic and it's football season right now. So I, that's. That's the outlier. I'm watching the full Monday night game. I'm watching all day Sunday. I'm watching college football on Saturdays, save for what I'm in the store. Do you watch I'm the World Series? Are you going to watch that coming uh, up? I will say as much of a sports guy as I am, I'm not a huge baseball guy. So I've yeah, not been watching yeah. as much of that. But football is my football and basketball are my main too. So magic tipping back off tonight. I actually have high expectations. I think we're going to have a good team this year. So that'll be probably the, the Wednesday evening television in the Hughes home is the magic. I was I was surprised by their draft pick. I thought they were going to pick the other guy. I don't remember. I don't know names. My <laughs> husband can tell you like how tall they are and what school they went to. I don't know like how he knows that. Like, but I just remember that there was one that that, that was like a better pick, but then they picked this other guy. But everybody says it's a really good pick. So That's yeah, we'll have ingrained. to see how Orlando Magic does. We know all those stats. And then we, we'll form a friendship in 30 seconds just by rattling off random uh, random sports from BHBS. I think Grady Dick is who Okay, speaking of hormones. <laughs> yeah, well, that's Speaking it. of hormones, like yeah. one I don't have yeah. and men have is, yeah, bonding over sports, oh, yeah. bonding over tough things. Totally. It brings out vasopressin. Have you ever heard of oh, vasopressin? I, I can't say that I have. Okay, Google it afterwards. Okay. I just yeah. learned about this through my friend, uh, Cassandra Hartford. And we filmed some content on it, but then I lost the content on my phone and I have been able to bring it back to post it and inform everything. But I guess it's V-A-S-O-S-U-P-P-R-E-S-S-I-N or something like that. I don't know. I might have added an extra P or S there or whatever. But it's interesting that guys have it when they bond over sports, hard things. And it's like it's like this thing. But women don't really like have it. It makes sense that it's a thing, though. And it must be powerful. You know this. People watching what it. My wife is, is Canadian originally so she grew mm-hmm. up in Ottawa Ontario and so we go there a lot obviously to see her family 
but you know, when we're out, yep. there, we hang out with her friends. And so I've gotten to be really good friends with a lot of her friends, you know, whether it be husbands, yep. boyfriends, whatever. And that's always what it is, right? Is the instant bond. We're just like sitting down. We'll be, you know, at the destination wedding somewhere and football's on the TV and we all just sit down and start talking about our fantasy team. And all of a sudden it's just like, Oh, dude, you're my bro. I love you. You're the best. And like, we, we, you know, mostly just to give like our wives a hard time, but we love like telling them we're like, you hate how easy it is for us. Like you hate how much we love each other because they'll know each other like 20 years and they're like, how are they like already better friends than us? Because it's really simple. Like we, we're bonding over like two or three really basic things, but it's, it is true. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how those, those most Isn't it? It's so interesting. I know we were talking yeah. before we started recording about Sam, mutual friend of ours. Yes. We were talking at daycares and his little boy, Henry, but the way Sam and I met was after a group run that you were probably at, because this was when the track track group runs would still go to brass staff afterwards. So we were hanging out mm, there, yep, my I dog went there with me and my dog had a Florida state leash. And Sam is a diehard knoll. Like I am never met this guy a day in my life. He comes up, sees the leash, says go Knowles. And it was national signing day, which is like a very like sports nerd event. It's, it's, you know, when all the kids from the high school sign with the football. So unless you're following recruiting, which is an unhealthy obsession, then, then you don't really know what's going on. And we got onto that topic and about Florida State signing class and clearly both had that unhealthy obsession. And we're like, oh, well, if you're if you're like this, if you're this hardcore, we got to hang out. We started watching games together. Yeah, I was a groomsman at my wedding. Like, so people ask how we met and he goes, I picked him up at a bar, which is basically <laughs> true. He saw the, the Florida State leash and, and yeah, yeah, male friendships are, are fascinating like that sometimes. I almost could have gone to FSU. I was originally going to be meet. That This is a whole nother. We don't want to end up on this tangent, but okay. uh, I was originally going to be a meteorologist. Oh, the, well, <laughs> they have a really good program there. A meteorologist. I wanted to I like help with like the predictive technology yeah, cool. and hold myself up in the national hurricane center. And just like, I guess I do have focus. I mean, I sometimes if I get, there's a lot of activity going on, then I can get distracted. But if I do have something in front of me, then yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I like working on like solving like a big problem and I can't like stop until like I solve it. Yeah. And so with meteorology, I wanted to help enhance like the predictive technology for hurricanes and go and, and figure this out and help save lives. And then I don't know, I just, I ended up like on a whole nother path. And well, I feel like until 24 hours history. out, we still really have no idea where any of them are going to hit. So I don't know how far that no, predictive no. technology is. But, but they, I hope they can eventually figure uh, yeah, that I mean, out. There has to be something. It's just like genetic. It can so. ruin your whole weekend plans. Just sitting there going, are we about to uh, be drowning or is everything going to be totally fine? Oh, yeah. Like, are you going to have to break out the canoe? Like yeah, yeah, the, exactly. the last storm we had last year, it wow. was it was it was something fierce. That was so. crazy. Oh, yeah. uh, the last big storm, my, my son says, I said, what sound does a hurricane make? And he goes, ooh. Yeah. And he's like. Hurricane Ian took away our hot water. <laughs> we oh, had no yes. power for like five days. Oof. Oh. And I did not do I did not do a generator. <laughs> I, God bless. We were super I hate the sound of a generator. Somehow, but yeah. What? We were we were super You got paid, you still kept power. Yeah. But my parents were had no power for like a week. At one point <sighs> my mom was staying with her mother who who needs, you know, some caretaking assistance and luckily had power too, but my, my dad just came and crashed in an Audrey and I's guest room because he was so over the no power. So yeah, that's impressive that you Oh would yeah, power. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I did that with two toddlers. I, I don't <laughs> I don't know how you I did don't either. really know. <laughs> 
it's hard to like, I think what it was is I was about to break down and get one. And then I, I said, wait, let, let's just leave it in the box until the end of the day today. Yeah. And then boom, the power came back that's on. Cool. Cause I would rather, we have solar so we can eventually get okay. like a backup system. Yeah. So, that's awesome. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. But Chris, thank you. Like you've been yes. like such a cool part of my life and we've ended up with so many different like relationships and different things that are springing out of this. So no, it's, it's really cool. It's super cool so that much. we got yeah. to like connect. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Thank you for no. asking to have me onto this. One of, like I said, our, our paths have crossed in a, a million other ways, but um, yeah, to get to share this with you, have a little bit of a different conversation we usually do. I feel like we probably both know each other better now and, and that's awesome. Like I knew you pretty well before, but um, yeah, it, it, things like this are just, that's what makes the world go around, right? It is being open with one another and, and just sharing these stories and, and techniques and mindsets. And I, yeah, really appreciative for, you know, the way our friendships develop through the years. And, and I, I don't doubt it will continue to, to overlap and, you know, helping each other, whether it be your uh, running journey or whatever business ways we may end up working together and yep. on board everything else. It's just, um, no, yeah. definitely one of the people in my life I'm, I'm grateful to have and, and grateful to have been here with you today. It was so cool too. I ran into your dad like on the Avenue the other day. I've been working like more like out of my office. I love it here, by the way, but I have, well, my office is in Mills 50, but then I primarily, you know, jump off of my like home den, yeah, yeah. but also like work out in there. And then he introduced me to someone else and now I'm helping them out. And so oh, like, really I appreciate cool. your whole entire familia. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really cool. So, energy. but yeah, so first, first word of energy. energy. Oh, how do people connect with you if you want them uh, if uh, they want to connect with you, is it LinkedIn, email? What's the best way to reach out to you? For me directly, sure, LinkedIn is always good. You know, track check in general, uh, trackcheck.com, it's about as easy as it gets. If, yep. if it's something a little bit more on like the direct request business side, my, my email is crazy easy too. Just chris at trackcheck.com. Uh, chris Hughes, H U G H E S, is where you'll find me on LinkedIn. It's a super common name, yep. but look for the one that says track shack. And yep. then on a more personal level, uh, Instagram is uh, Chris underscore. And then it's so it's my last name, Hughes, with an S in front of it, because I, I wanted to have a clever pun like everyone does on Instagram. So I wanted to be like, shoes instead of Hughes. I don't know if anyone's ever actually picked oh. up that that's what I was going for, but that's so, so it Chris did not. underscore. It did not. Uh, H-U-G-H-E-S. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. <laughs> I will look for that now. I have to look at that. Yeah. So, but yeah, well, this is really cool. And so, yeah, if you're you're in Orlando or not even in Orlando and you want to support a great family-owned business, Track Shack is the place to go. And like I said, I adore Chris. And like, I also just adore too, like how much of a part of my tribe he's become and how supportive we can be of, of each other. So Thank you to everyone for listening to another episode of the Performance Mindset Podcast. And I am your host, Amy Calandrino, signing off.